dear congregation. The theme for the sermon this morning is the Redeemer rises from the dead. The Shabbat and the first day. The Redeemer rises from the dead. The Shabbat and the first day. Easter today, Lord's Supper, a double sign and seal today, even a triple because it's also Lord's Day. The Lord is risen indeed. Both the Lord's Day and Lord's Supper and even Easter testify of this triple wonder of change, of passing by, of a dawn. Easter bears witness to change. Good Friday testifies to the fact that we have forsaken God. And how the Son of God himself entered into our God-forsakenness. But also how he paid our debt in full. Easter testifies to the fact how that payment is accepted by God, our Heavenly Father. It has been paid in full. And it is accepted by God the Father. What a change. Psalm 85. Thou hast forgiven. That's Easter. And that's the witness of Lord's Supper among us. The iniquity of thy people. Thou hast forgiven. And of course at the table we will remember that change. Forgiveness. Know that. Easter testifies to that passing by. The angel of death passes by. Why? Because that angel of death visited the Son of God and took his life instead of our lives. He passes by because he took the life of the only begotten Son of God, the Emmanuel. Easter bears witness to dawn. The darkness has passed by. The sun has risen. There is light. The light of life. New life. And all this we remember at a table. And we sit here in thankfulness. 
for the chains, no debt, everything forgiven. And we remember that death is no longer that last enemy for us who will take us life. No, the angel of death passes by. And at the table we remember that the Son of God made life and light for us. But dear congregation, all of this is not a sum. It is not only rational knowledge, of course not. Like, okay, I left God, so I am a sinner, and therefore I'm guilty of death. But God paid for sinners, one plus one is two, I'm a sinner, so I'm set free because God's son died for sinners. All this is true, of course. But faith is so far more than rational knowledge. Faith is an experience of all these things. Faith is an experience of living with and for God. It is that experience, first of all that knowledge, of course, but then also that experience of being a sinner. How do we go to the table? Well, of course in repentance. We know where we came from. Death and sin and trespasses. We don't come there to boast, but in repentance. But there is also this experience, I am made alive in Christ, in Him. I am made alive. So we go to the table in thankfulness. There is that experience of walking with God. It is a daily experience of being thankful for the complete deliverance, the gift of the Son of God. But it is also the experience of going through ups and downs. It is the experience that often our faith is so small and so weak. That experience that often our hearts are so cold. And therefore, we cannot without the word of God, we can't without prayer, and we can't without the table. Because we need Jesus Christ. We need to be with in him. We need that holy communion with him. Because all the gifts of God are for us indeed, but only in Christ. And therefore, we need that table. And at the table, our faith will be strengthened through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Well, Good Friday and Easter Day ask for our hearts. Are your hearts changed? And the Lord's Supper is there to strengthen our hearts, to feed our hearts. Well, let's move to Matthew 27 and 28. 
Matthew 28, verse 1. We read as follows there. In the end of the Sabbath. Of course, the Sabbath is a day of rest. It's what we hear every Sunday morning, read out aloud in our ears, in the Ten Commandments. It's a day of rest. But this Sabbath isn't a day of rest for many people. This Sabbath, by the way, is the last one of the Old Covenant from now on. There is no longer that Sabbath of the Old Covenant. Because this is the day of the New Covenant. From now on, no longer that rest of the Sabbath, but the celebration and the rest of the Lord's Day. He was the one who delivered us. He's Savior and King. But this Sabbath is a special one. It's the last one from the Old Covenant. We often call it Silent Saturday. Silent Saturday. Sabbath. The day of rest. We know where it comes from. After creation, God rested on the seventh day. He saw that work of his hands was good. Indeed, as a son, very good. And he took rest. Because the work of his hands was very good. He accomplished creation. Rest. But, there's always that but. From our side, there is a but. We have put a cross through God's wonderful creation. You know what we have done? We have put a cross through God's glory. And with that, we put a cross through our own lives. We have put that cross through creation. But there is another but, the but of the gospel. On that cross, which we have put through creation, hung the Son of God. He went into our God-forsakenness. He went and entered into the depths of our crucifixion of the Word and the honor of God. He went into the depths of the red of God. But with that, recreation is effect. That's why he cried out. Tetelestai. It is finished. And on this special Sabbath, 
Matthew 28, verse 1. He takes a rest. After creation, God took a rest. He accomplished the work of his hands, and it was very good. And this Sabbath, Jesus Christ takes a rest. He accomplished the work of redemption and atonement. And see, it was good. Yes, very good. He is risen indeed. And all this we remember at the table. It is finished. He sorrowed and died vicariously. He paid in full with his life. He's full love and compassion. We remember him as the suffering servant who is the conqueror and who overcame death and sin. Well, let's move back to that Sabbath. This very special Sabbath, the last one of the old covenant. And how surprised are we that for a lot of people it isn't a day of rest at all. And of course, I think about the Jewish leaders. They should have known better. They know that the Sabbath is a day of rest. But this Sabbath isn't a day of rest and silence and peace for them. Why not? Because they want to silence the voice of the Son of God. They don't want to hear the loving word from the Son of God forevermore. They want to silence that voice. And therefore at this Sabbath, when the Son of God takes his rest, because he has accomplished his works, the Jewish leaders undertake every effort possible to silence his voice forever. But they forgot one thing. He cried out, it is finished. He accomplished his work already. It has been done. It's impossible to silence his voice. See the witness. We are sitting here to hear the word of God. See the witness here in the Lord's table. It is said among us. No one can stop the voice of the Son of God. No one can stop the progress of the gospel. No one can stop the fact that there is recreation. No one is able to stop the works of God's hand. Whatever man will do. Whatever man will do, including Jewish leaders and the man of this world. But God is mightier. Well, it's wonderful how Matthew writes this gospel under guidance of the Holy Spirit. And just when he writes about the Jewish leaders and the restlessness to silence the Son of God, how we packed it in between the story of these women. Verse 61 of Matthew 27 and verse 1 of chapter 28. 
He speaks about Mary Magdalene and the other Mary in Matthew 27, verse 61, and then again in Matthew 28, verse 1, in between about the stupidness and the restlessness and the enmity of the Jewish leaders. But he surrounds it by the work and the silenceness and the faith of Mary Magdalene and Mary. They are mentioned twice. First, Matthew 27, verse 61. And there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulcher. Their dearly beloved Master and Lord lay down in that sepulcher and stole in front of it. And they sit there unable to tear themselves away from their Lord, overwhelmed by sorrow. Where is their hope? And again, we meet these two ladies, Matthew 28, verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn, it begins to dawn. Toward the first day of the week came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulchre. The light has not yet begun to break through. Or these two women are already on their way to see the sepulchre. They want to be there where their master and Lord is. Do you want to be there where your master and Lord is? Is this the reason why you came to church on Easter morning? Is this the reason why you intend to come to the Lord's table? I want to be where my Lord and master is. I'm seeking out for him. I can't without him. Not a moment in my life. Lord, feed me with thy word. These two ladies, they seek for the Lord. And remember, who does the Lord invite to attend this table? Possessors? No. Seekers. People who know, without the Lord, I am lost. But with him and in him, I have life. Because there is forgiveness. And he is my mighty savior. He is my prophet and he will speak to me. He's my king and he will lead me. He's my priest and he will intercede for me with a heavenly father. In him. I have everything, therefore I seek him. Well, seekers are invited. And the believer always stays a seeker. We never become, we never pass the faith of being a seeker. To be and stay in the Lord. Well, 
And then we read in Matthew 28, verse 2. And behold, Matthew and the Holy Spirit want to take our attention. And behold, what's there to see? And see, what is there to see? There was a great earthquake. And we remember how the earth trembled at Good Friday, just two nights ago, three days ago. What happened at Good Friday? Matthew 27, verse 51. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. The veil of the temple was rent. Why? Because the Son of God entered at that very moment into heaven. And he presented his sacrifice to his heavenly Father. And the age and the period of the old symbols, the old covenant, is gone. The veil of the temple was rent. And then the rock of stone cracked. May I ask you a question? A question. Did your hearts of stone already crack under the word of God? Are they cracked, these hearts of stone? We have hearts of stone, isn't it? So cold, without life, unable to move or to do anything with it, just a stone. But when the Son of God comes with his spirit and opens his word, he cracks that heart and it becomes a heart of flesh. And therefore the table is set among us. To feed that heart of flesh. Well, and what happened more on Good Friday? When there was that earthquake, the graves were opened. Isn't that a miracle? As first fruits, many people rose from the dead. As a sign of a rich harvest that will come. And then again, at Good Friday, there was an earthquake, and in Easter, there is an earthquake, but for a totally different reason. At Easter, it is because we read in verse 2, For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven, and came and rolled back the stone from the door, and sat upon it. And when that messenger from heaven sets his foot upon the earth and the earth started quaking, then all kinds of things are happening in Jerusalem. It's amazing. And we read it in the previous chapter in verses 52 and 53 because all these things did only really happen at Easter when that Angel of heaven 
set his foot on earth. And many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the grace after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. When the angel there is going to speak and to testify, there are in the city many saints from the period of the old covenant which are going to testify and to speak. All living witnesses to the power of Christ who accomplished his atoning work. Living witnesses that death had been conquered. Living witnesses that their sins had been paid for. Living witnesses that their debt has been taken away and is being paid for. Well, so on Easter morning, all kinds of things are set in motion. Life breaks through. And on this Easter day, the Lord's table is set among us as a rich sign and seal. That indeed, all kinds of things are set in motion since Easter and Good Friday. Indeed, as a sign and a seal that the debt has been paid. Because he wants to have communion with us. There is no longer that sin between us and him. And he longs to have communion with us. It has been paid for. And it is a rich side and a seal that we are made alive. We are in him and with him and in him and with him made alive. And he invites and he says, come and I will feed you. And I will strengthen your bond with me. Well, all kinds of things have been set in motion at that Easter day. By the way, what a contrast between the women and the soldiers, the guards. That there was a contrast between these women and the Jewish leader. But there is another contrast in chapter 28 between the women and the guards, the soldiers. They also see that heavenly messenger. That heavenly messenger appears to both the soldiers and to these women. But how completely different is the reaction? So completely different. These guards, these soldiers, they recognize immediately the angel as a messenger from heaven. His clothing is with as snow, white as snow. And they recognize God's holiness and power in this angel. And the earth trembles. But what happens with them? There's fear, there's dismay, there's agony. Why? They only sense God's holiness. Why? What's happening here? What is the difference between the women who see the angel and they hear, don't fear, and he comforts them? And these guards, these soldiers, they also see the angels and they only fear, they only are in dismay and they flee away. What's the difference between these two? 
These women are seekers. That's the difference. That's the difference. And because they seek the Lord, the Lord appears to them. The Lord himself says, seek me. And you will find me. That's a promise from his side. And he shows it so powerfully here at Easter Day. Whoever seeks the Lord will find the Lord. It's his promise. Well, and then the angel starts speaking against his women. While it is, by the way, amazing what you read. Verse 5, it says, And the angel angel answered and the angel in the angel answered why i don't read about a question of these women do you read a question there there's no question at all and still it says and the angel answered well what's happening here why is Scripture telling us, why is Scripture telling us that the angel answers these women? Well, there was a question from the women. A silent question. They came to seek their Lord and Master. There were no words anymore. Their whole life was the seeking of their Lord and Master. They were desperate without Him. Their whole life was one big question. Where are you, my Lord and Master? We need you. We are nowhere without you. There was a speaking. Their whole life. And therefore it reads, and the angel answered. Are you seeking the Lord? Lay your hand on this story and the promise that God will be found, Jesus will be found by seekers. Well, well, we end the sermon, which is also a preparatory word for the table. The table is set among us. For whom? For seekers. For seekers. Do you seek the Lord? Do you know? Here. And here in your heart. I can't without him. I'll perish. I will perish without him. Do you know? Because the Lord told you through his word and spirit. That in him there is forgiveness. Do you? Are you willing to live thankful for him? Because of that special and precious gift of the Lord himself. Well, all these seekers are invited here to attend the Lord's table. Especially at his Easter day. What a great gift. We celebrate and we remember this day. Amen. Let us sing a Psalter, Psalter 48, stanzas 
1 through 4. We sing Psalter 48, stanzas 1 through 4. We continue now by reading the form for the administration of the Lord's Supper. When we start halfway, you'll find it page 137 
in the back of your Psalter, page 137 in the back of your Psalter. And we start with these words in the second column, let us now. We read as follows there. Let us now also consider to what end the Lord has instituted his supper, namely that we do it in remembrance of him. Now after this manner we are to remember him by it. First, that we are confidently persuaded in our hearts that our Lord Jesus Christ according to the promises made to our forefathers in the Old Testament, was sent of the Father into the world, that he assumed our flesh and blood, that he bore for us the wrath of God, under which we should have perished everlastingly, from the beginning of his incarnation to the end of his life upon earth, and that he hath fulfilled for us all obedience to the divine law and righteousness, especially when the weight of our sins and the wrath of God pressed out of him the bloody sweat in the garden where he was bound that we might be freed from our sins. That he afterwards suffered innumerable reproaches that we might never be confounded that he was innocently condemned to death, that we might be acquitted at the judgment seat of God. Yea, that he suffered his blessed body to be nailed on the cross, that he might fix there on the handwriting of our sins, and hath also taken upon himself the curse due to us that he might fill us with his blessings and has humbled himself unto the deepest reproach and pains of hell, both in body and soul, on the tree of the cross. And he cried out with a loud voice, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me that we might be accepted of God and never be forsaken of him? And finally confirmed with his death and the shedding of his blood, the new and eternal testament, that covenant of grace and reconciliation, when he said, it is finished. Secondly, and that we might firmly believe that we belong to this covenant of grace, the Lord Jesus Christ in his last supper took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. In like manner, also after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and said, Drink ye all of it. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed before you and for many for the remission of sins. This do ye as often as ye drink in remembrance of me. This, as often as ye eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you shall thereby, as by a sure remembrance and pledge, be admonished and assured of this my heartly love and faithfulness towards you. 
that whereas you should otherwise have suffered eternal death, I have given my body to the death of the cross and shed my blood for you. And I certainly feed and nourish your hungry and thirsty souls with my crucified body and shed blood to everlasting life as this bread is broken before your eyes and this cup is given to you. You eat and drink the same with your mouth in remembrance of me. From this institution of the Holy Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ, we see that he directs our faith and trust to his perfect sacrifice, once offered on the cross, as to the only ground and foundation of our salvation, wherein he is become to our hungry and thirsty souls the true meat and drink of life eternal. For by his death he hath taken away the cause of our eternal death and misery, namely sin, and obtained for us the quickening spirit, that we by the same who dwelleth in Christ as in the head and in us as his members might have true communion with him and be made partakers of all his blessings of life eternal righteousness and glory. Besides, that we by this same spirit may also be united as members of one body in true brotherly love, as the holy apostle saith, for we being many are one bread and one body, for we all are partakers of that one bread. For as out of many grains one meal is ground and one bread baked, and out of many berries being pressed together, one wine floweth and mixeth itself together, so shall we all, who by a true faith are engrafted into Christ, be altogether one body, through brotherly love, for Christ's sake, our beloved Savior, who hath so exceedingly loved us, and not only show this in word, but also in very deed towards one another. Here to assist us, the Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, through his Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, that we might obtain all of this, let us humble ourselves before God and with true faith implore his grace. Let us pray. O most merciful God and Father, we beseech thee that thou will be, will be pleased in this supper in which we celebrate the glorious remember of the bitter dead of thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to work in our hearts through the Holy Spirit that we may daily more and more with true confidence give ourselves up unto thy Son, Jesus Christ that our afflicted and contrite hearts through the power of the Holy Ghost may be fed and comforted with his true body and blood. Yea, with him, true God, amen, that only heavenly bread and that we may no longer live in our sins, but he in us and we in him 
and thus truly be made partakers of the new and everlasting covenant of grace, that we may not doubt, but thou wilt forever be our gracious Father, nevermore imputing our sins unto us, providing us with all things necessary, as well for the body as the soul, as thy beloved children and heirs, Grant us also thy grace that we may take up our cross cheerfully, deny ourselves, confess our Savior, and in all tribulations with uplifted heads expect our Lord Jesus Christ from heaven, where he will make our mortal bodies like unto the most, his most glorious body and take us into him in eternity. Our Father which are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Strengthen us also by this holy supper in the Catholic undoubted Christian face, whereof we make confession with our mouth and hearts, praying and saying, I believe in God the Father, Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, Suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost. I believe in holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us now sing Psalter 289. 289. 289 stanzas 1, 2, and Three, three stanzas of Psalter 289, and in the meantime, the table will be prepared, so the invitation will go out after that. And we sing now Psalter 289, stanzas 1, 2, and 3.
that we may now be fed with the true heavenly bread, Christ Jesus. Let us not cleave with our hearts until the external bread and wine. But let us lift up our hearts in high on heaven. Sorsum corda. Lift up your hearts. Why? Because there is Christ Jesus, our advocate, our Savior, at the right hand of his heavenly Father, which is also our Father. Whether all the articles of our faith lead us, let us not doubt. But we shall assuredly be fed and refreshed in our souls through the working of the Holy Ghost with his body and blood as we receive this holy bread and wine in remembrance of him. Well, the table is prepared. All things are prepared. Not by me or us, but by the Lord. He prepared it. And the table is open for all the professing members of Providence Reformed and all our guests who are allowed to participate here because they've spoken to the consistory. Well, all of you who are also seekers of the Lord, come. All things are prepared. And the Lord invites you. Come, all things are ready. There are still place at the table. The Lord reaches out for seekers who can without him. All things are ready. The bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. Take, eat, and remember, and believe that the body of our Lord Jesus Christ was broken 
for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. The cup of blessing for which we give thanks is the communion of the blood of Christ. Take, drink of it, remember and believe that the precious blood of our Savior Jesus Christ was poured out for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. We read in Matthew 28, 
verse 5 and 6, the following words from the angel and to the women and unto us at his Lord's Supper and at Easter day. Fear not, fear not ye. I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He's not here. He's risen. Come see the place where the Lord lay. Fear not ye. It's so easy to fear, right, in a week of preparation. When we look back in the past period, we consider our shortcomings and sins. And we see coldness of heart. We see sins piling up. And we cry out, Lord, forgive me. How can I meet you at your table? I'm unholy. You're holy. And still the invitation went out, right? The Lord knows whom he is dealing with. He knows our hearts. He knows everything. And he just says to us this morning, Fear ye not. There's no reason to fear. Fear ye not, small flock of providence. Fear not, I am ready until the end of the earth. And the angel, he continues, For I know that you seek Jesus. Right, there's only one reason we are here, right? We can't without the Lord. And he commanded to come to the table. He commanded us, right? To take from him and to eat from him as a symbol and a seal that we are one with him that he gives himself away that he gave himself away but he does it again and again so we are one with him it's amazing how we take that bread right and eat it which is a symbol and a seal that he is willingly to become one with us sinners. That it's not because you are better, providence. It's not because you are better. But because I love you. Although you are a sinner, but I seek out for sinners. Come eat for me. I, I'm longing to be one with you. That's what he says in bread and in wine. I long to be one with you. So drink for me. Eat Eat from me. Fear ye not. I know that you seek the Lord. And therefore I will satisfy you. With myself. Can you give anything better? Sometimes we pray for healing. For lifting up of depression. For there are so many things to pray for. But he said. I have something far better for you. I'll satisfy you eternally. I'll give myself to you. That's a far better gift. That's what you really need. You need me. Because I'm the almighty one. I'm the source of life. 
I'm the source of righteousness. I'm the source of everything you are looking for. Therefore, come, seeker, and I will satisfy you. Fear ye not. Fear ye not. I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. It's always a special moment when I am allowed as pastor and servant of the Lord to break this bread. And it always makes me feeling so unworthy that I may show how the Lord broke himself for me, that he gave his life for us. Isn't that amazing? That's what he shows us here. I've given everything for you. And here I am. You don't deserve it, but still I do it. I'll satisfy you with everything you need. I was, he was crucified. He's not here. He is risen. He's no longer in the death, in the tomb, in the sepulcher. No. He's alive. And he's in heaven. What's he doing there? He intercedes for you, for you, for you. He intercedes. He knows what you need. And he lays all your needs before the Lord. Lord, please consider this man, this wife, this girl, this boy. Consider their needs. Lord, I gave my life for them. Lord, Lord, be their Lord, be their God. He's always interceding. He's not here. He's not in that. He's alive. He's alive and he sits at the right hand of his heavenly Father. He is risen. He is risen. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. And what did they see? The tomb was empty. Death has no longer the last word. In other words, there is no guilt anymore. In other words, our sins are forgiven. Well, how do we go away from here? Of course, in thankfulness. If he gave his whole life for us, and he wasn't ashamed to do it for us sinners who fall short every time, if he is not ashamed of us, Are we ashamed of him? Let's go out in thankfulness. Continually praising him. Every day of our life, wherever you are. At school, or you're studying, or you're working outside in gardens, or whatever you do. It doesn't matter. Be thankful for the Lord. And consider that he gave all he had to save you. Let us sing a psalter before we leave the table. We sing psalter 73. 73 stanzas 1 and 2. Psalter 73 stanzas 1 and 2. And after singing these two stanzas, you may again leave the table. But the Lord will not leave you. He gave his promise. Now, Psalter 73, stanzas 1 and 2.
beloved in the Lord. Since the Lord has now fed our souls at his table, let us therefore jointly praise his holy name with thanksgiving. And everyone say in his heart thus. Psalm 103, a few words. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. Was not spared his own son, but delivered him up for us all, given us all things with him. Therefore, God commended there with his love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified in his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Therefore, shall my mouth and heart show forth the praise of the Lord from this time forth evermore. Amen. Let's seek the Lord in prayer and give him thanks. O Almighty, merciful God and Father, we render thee most humble our and hearty thanks that thou hast of thine infinite mercy given us thy only begotten Son for a mediator and sacrifice for our sins, and to be our meat and drink unto life eternal, and that thou givest us lively faith, whereby we are made partakers of such great benefits. Thou hast also been pleased that thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ, should institute and ordain his holy supper for the confirmation of the same. Grant, we beseech thee, O faithful God and Father, that through the operation of thy Holy Spirit, the commemoration of the death of our Lord Jesus Christ, may tend to the daily increase of our faith and saving fellowship with him. So, Jesus Christ, thy Son, O Lord, we thank thee for bringing us together here this morning, a Lord's Day, Easter Day, around our world, but also at our table, at thy table. Lord, bless this day. Bless thy word. Be thee the after-preacher. Lord, bring us together later on today 
or lead us to another church when we are invited over there. But Lord, bring us back wherever it is under thy word that we will be blessed again under thy word. Lord, forgive our sins in preaching, in praying, in listening, in attending. There are always shortcomings and we are full of weaknesses. But Lord, we end in Thee, in Thy Son, Jesus Christ, knowing that there is a full forgiveness, everlasting life, and that His mercy is never-ending. Lord, work mightily among us. We ask Thy blessing upon the day ahead of us. Also be with us. Later on today, this afternoon, when a few of us will serve thee in jail, Lord, bless our work there. We thank thee for this opportunity after such a long period of not being able to go out there. Lord, hear our prayer and be with us all and grant all of us faith. Make all of us seekers, and that all of us may find thy Son and live in thankfulness. All this in the name of thy beloved Son and our Savior and King Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us sing Psalter 425, 425, stanzas 1 and 2. Psalter 425 stanzas 1 and 2.
lift up your hearts to God. Sorsum corda. I receive the blessings of the Lord. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee. And be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee. And give thee peace. Amen.